Welcome to Uncomplicating Weight Loss and Life. I'm your host, Eva Rodriguez, proud Latina, single mom, certified life coach, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help high-achieving boss women lose their weight for the last damn time and up-level their lives. When it comes to your health, weight loss, and this thing called life, I'm not saying it'll always be easy, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Welcome to the Rich in Real Life Takeover and the uncomplicating weight loss in life that is hard to say um, with Eva Rodriguez. And I'm so excited because to be in this spot where you have literally put yourself out there vulnerably, transparently, and worked so hard to educate your listeners and now ask the questions of you. Mm-hmm. Because getting to be behind the scenes and see not only how passionate you are and how much work you've done leading into this, but I don't think people know why. Like, I hate to say this this way and to start the conversation this way, but so many times high achieving women, it's literally a trauma response. Mm-hmm. Like we are survival of the fittest, we are resilient AF, and there's typically a good reason why. Um, as much as I'd love to say that it's not the case, most times it is. And what I know about you is you do an amazing job at you've gone through things and then you're like, I don't ever want to feel that way again. And you go find the tools to rectify the situation. You teach from a very generic place, a.k.a. then you remove yourself mm-hmm. from the situation. Mm-hmm. And where I'd love to start is... What got you to the place of, because you have done, you've sang, you've had other careers. Um, I always tell people a lot of times there's things that we're applauded for and there's things that we're a genius in. And a lot of times our genius takes time to find because we get stuck where we're applauded. And what got you to like, it probably wasn't on a vision board that like, I'm going to teach women to lose weight. Mm -mm. It was probably something you found in the process. What led you to being obsessed with like just uncomplicating weight loss? Mm -hmm. What, where did this come from in your personal life? So I love this question because I, um, there's so many places where I can start, but I, I think I'll start with, yes, on my vision board, I remember when I first did mine, I was probably like 20 or 21, and I had just graduated from college, and I first actually moved to Tampa. I lived in Tampa Hello, for two somebody. years. And um, I lived um, I lived right on right at Tampa Bay. I had a view of the Tampa Bay. Yeah. And I moved there to record my demo. I had a demo deal. And wow. I was recording my demo. And then after Tampa, I moved to Los Angeles because I was on a mission to be famous. I literally was like, I'm the next J-Lo. I can sing. I can dance. I can act. I can do all the things. And I had spent a large part of my life training for that moment. And everything from vocal training to dancing, um, acting training, media training, all of these things, because I was ready. I was so ready. And, um, you know, moved to LA and I lived the, the, the struggling artist lifestyle, right? Of going to auditions every day. The creative. Yes. (laughs) And bartending at night at a club to pay my bills and it was, um, I li- I've lived, I've definitely lived. And I always just wanted to, you know, when I was a little girl, music, I always say music saved my life. Mm. Um, I had attempted suicide at least three times when I was a child. 
And I um, and I turned to music, and that's where I I felt like that was where I found my voice. And so, y'all, I'm gonna cry, <laughs> and my makeup's gonna get fucked up. <laughs> I gotta. I have to. I have to warn you about something I didn't warn you about before. <laughs> There's a thing in the industry where everyone's like, "Don't let Jessica on your podcast; she'll make you cry." <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. This will probably not be the first time you tear up. Mm-hmm. But, 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 this is really important. One, listen to what you've been through and you're still serving. Mm-hmm. It says a lot about a person based on what they do with what they're given. Yeah. Everything that you've been through, because you have not heard it all yet, mm-hmm. you've used, you had a choice every time. Yeah. You've used to serve other people. One. Two, there's someone out there that is where you were. Mm-hmm. Whether it's grief, whether it's not happy with themselves, whether it's dysmorphia, whether it's all these things that you've used to serve other people with. There's someone listening to this right now on their last leg. And to see where you are at this level of success, at this level of servant, at at, at the level of what you're choosing to constantly over and over again operate in, Mm -hmm. this may be a choice seeing you. And so I think this level of vulnerability, all you do is teach. You teach, you teach, you teach, you teach. And I say that because I'm so impressed. I'm like, God, this girl's got so much information. She can <laughs> literally walk you into the best life. Mm-hmm. You're a coach. Yeah. A lot of people don't know what's behind the coach. Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot. And I think part of the reason why um, and I've hidden behind the microphone for a very long time is because I didn't want to show my scars. I didn't want people to ever think that I was weak. Mm-hmm. So it definitely is a trauma response for me. And um, so music became my outlet. And so that's why I was so passionate about singing and dancing. And um, and that was always my passion. And I wanted to, back then, the little girl that was lost, the little girl that didn't have any friends, oh God, because music was my way of getting through the depression and um, and just like... I felt like that's when I had my voice. I always wanted to be able to help other people the way music helped me. Yeah. And I thought I was gonna do it with my voice as a singer. Mm. And it turns out <laughs> that didn't happen because um, in 2011 I got pregnant and that was very unexpected and it was not planned. And um, I often tell the story of I was four months pregnant and I had no idea. Talk about being disconnected from your body. Wow. I had no idea. And I was still, you know, auditioning and trying to do the thing. And next thing you know, I'm like, why am I getting fat? <laughs> I'm like, what is happening here? I'm like, what is, what is happening here? How old were you? I was, um, I was 20, 28. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen after a burger. Mm-hmm. Like, I should mm-hmm. be good. Mm-hmm. What's happening? Yeah. And so, um, come to find out I was pregnant. I was four months pregnant. Wow. And... At that point, I was like, okay, well, I guess um, guess I'm not going to be a singer. And not to say that you can't have children and, you know, be in the entertainment industry. I just didn't want to do it. I just mm. didn't want to, um, to, to be that way. I, didn't, I knew that in order for me to, to be a great mother, especially knowing the situation, um, my relationship with his father was very turbulent. So knowing that I knew very early on that I was going to have to, um, I was going to have to let go of that dream. And even though I had, you know, there's some moms that are, or some, some women that are like, oh, I want to have kids and get married and have the white picket fence. I never wanted any of that shit. 
I wanted to be fabulous and single and like be famous and travel in the world. Like I never had these dreams of having like little babies and strollers and none of that, none of it. So when I say it was unexpected, it was very unexpected, but I made a decision at that point that um, I know that God doesn't make mistakes. And I had been trying and trying and trying and getting so, I would get so close. I was so close to getting signed by a major label. I got so close to being on a feature film. I was like, the, like it, you know, it comes down to an audition and there's two people left. And I would be that second person. And then the other one would get the role. I had so many moments like that. And then I got pregnant. And that's when I realized I was like, okay, so this is my path. And I, what I started to learn throughout my journey is that sometimes when things are too hard and we're trying to force something to happen, it's because that's not what God wants for us. Correct. Right? It's like you're trying and you're trying and you're trying and it's just not working. You're like, what the fuck? It's not working. Right? Like, it's not working. Like, why can't I get this? Why can't I, why can't I get this to, to work I got faith me? and I got action. Yes, What's going on? Yes. <laughs> I, I'm trying to manifest this shit. And it's like, that's not, that is not your destiny. Mm-hmm. And every time... And when I look back on my life, every time something's been too hard for me to do and too uncomfortable, and not in the way that stretches you, in yes. a way where it's like nothing's working. It feels forced. Yes. And I realized that I was trying to force that. And what's so interesting about where I am sitting right now is that I thought I was going to help people with my voice as a singer. Instead... I help people with my podcast. That's oh. such a proud moment. You should that that should be tears of joy. Yes, that's different. Mm-hmm. That's different mm-hmm. because your no matter the path or the way the modality we would say in like healing, your goal was to always reach someone where they are when you felt like you had no one. Mm-hmm. Because you went through this. Oh, you, we talked about grief on my episode. Mm-hmm. You have grieved and grieved and grieved to the point where you've, I'm sure you've had to build walls around your heart mm-hmm. that I can't even imagine. Yeah. That probably came out in other ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, yes or no, you had a physical situation that you dealt with. Mm-hmm. D- did you ever feel like that came from like some of the ways that you chose to cope? Yeah. Or was that? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's interesting because I had, you know, when we talk about emotional eating, I've been an emotional eater since I was a little girl because I grew up seeing my mom being an emotional eater. So I had a sister and she died um, a week after she turned six and I was four. And when it happened, my parents completely detached because I can't even imagine. Right. Like there would be there would be no more me Mm -hmm. if something happened to my son. And so I don't blame them. It took me a long time to understand their journey as part of what I was pro- reprocessing. Because you were forgotten about. Because I was forgotten. I, w- I was not important to anybody. And so when I would see her, that's how she coped with her grief of losing her daughter. And then thinking that it was her fault that she did. Because as a parent, you think there's something that you did wrong. Right. Right. What did I do that my child got cancer as a baby? So She blamed herself, and my dad blamed himself. They blamed each other, and they forgot about me. But she would eat. And then she would go on these, like, really strict diets, like the grapefruit diet or, like, these crazy things from the 80s, right? And she would eat, and that's what I saw. And then when I would be sad, she'd be like, here, just eat something. 
And I'm like, okay. So I thought that's that's what you did. That's what you when you're sad, you eat, right? And so that's what started my emotional eating, probably like six, seven years old. And it carried me throughout my entire life into adulthood up until a few years ago. And I didn't even know back then, because you don't know what emotional eating is when you're a kid. You, you just have no think, idea. right? Yeah. It's just like I just eat, you know, I just eat when I'm whatever. So there's food. And so I learned it from her. And I thought that was the norm. And so I would also do these very restrictive diets when I wanted to lose weight. When I thought that, you know, I was getting too chunky, I would be like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna not gonna eat. Or I'm just gonna eat like, I don't know, like some soup or something, or or do that master cleanse, right? The cayenne pepper and the whatever, like when right. that came out. I would always do these like random like diets that I would find in magazines and all these. This is before the internet. <laughs> I would find in magazines and things like that. So that was constant. That was since I was a little girl. And the fortunate thing was because I was a dancer, I was never quite like I was never considered fat, but I knew that I was not in the body that I was meant to be in. And I always felt like this isn't the body that I'm supposed to be in. But I made that mean that there was something wrong with me. And I made that mean that like I wasn't as good as other people who didn't have the struggle, who didn't do the yo-yo dieting, who weren't always up and down 20, 30 pounds. I made that mean all kinds of things about myself. So part of the reason why I really got into health and wellness actually happened after my mom died. So uh, my son's father died in a car accident in 2015, and we lived in L.A. at that time. And at that time, I realized, like, there's nothing here for me anymore. And I decided to come back home to Maryland. And it was the best thing I could have done because about three months later, my mom got diagnosed with cancer. And she fought hard for about a year. But a year later, she's gone, too. And what I learned as I was talking to doctors, because my dad was, he was by her side the entire time, but he was so in his own shit dealing with like they'd been married for almost 40 years oh my god so he was heartbroken so i had to handle all the things i had to handle the funeral arrangements i had to you know handle the palliative care before that even happened and all of these things that were so so just heavy and watching the life like my mom's life just fade away and she used to be this like she was so loud, just loud, and you know we're we're a Latino family, so she was always you, she'd be yelling. You'd be like, "Why are you yelling at me?" That's just how she talks. That's just how she talks, right? And to then watch her lose her voice, and lose her hair, and lose her strength, that was hard. So watching my mom go through what she went through, and talking to her doctors, and starting to really research, where does cancer come from? And it comes from not taking care of yourself. And it comes from stress and from holding on to pain. It manifests as cancer. So when I, when I started to understand that these things that we hold on to manifest in our body as illness, as extra weight, as chronic pain, all of these things, I realized that I cannot go down this path either because my son needs me and that's what got me into first becoming a health coach because I decided that I wanted to get healthy but I had no idea where to start I was like I don't know like what like what does that even mean what does healthy even mean right like what does it even mean to um to take care of yourself take care of your health who the fuck knows no one teaches us this shit and the things you have to break yes like you have to break away from yes crazy yeah and we don't think about those things and no one's teaching us those things I started my certification through IIN and learning all these things and they taught very holistic health yep. right so it was all the things so it wasn't just you know how to lose weight it wasn't just how to 
you know, start eating green or, you know, plants and this and that. You know, it was all the things. And the first thing that I realized at that point was the mind-body-spirit connection. Mm-hmm. And this whole time I'd been living in my head because living in my heart was too painful. Oh. And I did not want to feel that shit. I was like, I had cried everyone's tears in my life. I, I don't want to feel. I don't want to feel sad. I don't want to feel grief. I don't want to feel anything. I just want to just want to go. I just want to survive. I just I want to do. Survival mode. I was in survival mode and so disconnected. And I forgot about my intuition. I forgot about everything. I was just like, nope, I just have to, I just got to make money. And I just got to survive. Like, that's what I was conditioning myself to do. And I have to take care of my responsibilities. Yes. And so, so I'm like, I don't have time to feel shit. What? No. That means, like, I was afraid that if I started, if I allowed myself to cry, that I would never stop. So I was like, I'm not doing this crying bullshit. I'm not doing this feeling bullshit. I'm just going to fix my food and work out. So I tried that for a while. I was like, oh, this isn't really working. Let me go become a personal trainer. Let me learn about the body. Yeah. Let me learn about like, you know, how to make how to do certain moves, right? So here I am, a health coach and personal trainer. Right. I'm like, oh, I, I know what I'm doing. I got so, this. So I'm so still I'm trying and I'm trying. I'm still still not working. Still not losing that weight. I'm still going up and down with the yo yo. So I was like, oh, I'm an emotional eater. Let me go get certified in emotional eating psychology so I can understand why I'm an emotional eater. So then I went and got that certification. Did it help? Absolutely. I have now I'm getting all this knowledge gaining all this knowledge. And I'm like, this is interesting. There's this whole connection that I didn't know about. Let me start, you know, let me start becoming more mindful. Let me start meditating. Let me start doing all these things. But there was still, there was still something missing. So then I go chasing something else, right? Because again, I'm, I'm, I just want a solution. You are a fixer. I'm a fix this shit. You're like, this piece isn't working, fix Mm -hmm, it. This mm -hmm. piece isn't working, fix it. Okay. This is this one thing that's off. Look at me. There's this one thing that's off. I'm going to fix it. Yes. Yes. So, so I just kept going. I kept going, kept going. And certain things would work a little bit, but I was still like, uh, I'm still kind of falling back into it. I'm still falling back into it. And this went on for about two years. And this was right around the time when I started the first podcast, because I was like, I want to help everybody with all the things <laughs> that I've just learned. Yes. Right. I had so much knowledge. I gotta tell I'm going to take all this knowledge all and this tell everyone. Right? Yep. And that work because you know you have to talk to a person specific person and you have to be very clear and very strategic when you're when you're launching because no one knows who the fuck you are right right so like yeah once you're established you can kind of venture out and do things make but, an umbrella but, do whatever but you i want. didn't know but i didn't know that right because i was like no 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 i know I what to this. do i got i can buy a course i can research yes i can google i'm smart yep. I'm, I'm gonna figure this out so started that it didn't work um so you know the first podcast was um 40 episodes in after a year and i was thinking i was like well only 20 people apparently are listening to this so and um so this crazy. this podcasting thing is is just i guess it's not for me either right and um and then that's when that's when serendipitously i meet you mm-hmm. and at first, I remember coming to you, and I was like, um, can you help me, like, I don't know, get more, like, downloads or something? It was so <laughs> surface level. I was like, what? I was like, like, can you help me? Like, I don't know. Like, I've been doing this. I'm 40 episodes in. I put so much I put so much time and energy into these shows, and, like, you know, my numbers are, like, some shit, right? So, like, I've been doing it for a year, and it's 2,000 downloads, like, total. Yeah. Like, total. Crazy. Um, and, it's, and then we fast forward to now. It's like, that's my weekly? Yeah. That's my weekly downloads, right? Yep. So, so so take that and then take where we are now. And I was like, huh. So I'm doing this. And once again, I was like, this ain't for me. I think I'm going to quit. And then, I, I, and then you started kind of 
And I started studying you first because I was like, I'm about to give this, this woman a lot of money. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, I was like, does she know what the fuck she's talking about? Because anybody can call themselves anybody anything. Anybody can like, call themselves listen, anything. Listen, I can call myself the president of, of yeah. um, Ubuntu or some the shit. The guru, the expert yeah, like, in anything. Anything. Like, we can say anything. So I was like, let me see. So I started listening to your stuff, and I started looking you up and listening to your TED Talks and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, she knows what she's talking about. Let me see. Let me let me just see. And, um, and I remember you telling me, it's like, it's not you. It's just your strategy. It's just... It's, it's the title, it's the this, it's the SEO, it's all of these things. And I was like, what? And so, um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to trust her. I'm going to see. And as you know, you know, I was going to launch like six months sooner than I actually did because I almost talked myself out of it. I was like, I don't think anyone cares. Yeah. I don't think anyone really cares about what I have to say. Like, I think my time has passed. And mm, I don't know about this. But I'm so glad that I didn't. And I'm so glad that you like called me out on because she called me out on my shit. <laughs> She's like, "How many times are you gonna push back this launch?" And I'm like, "I'm just not ready. I just don't you know." And so, um, and you're like, "Let's fucking go. Just do it. Just let's go." And I'm like, "All right." So we finally launched June first, twenty twenty one. Finally launched. Oh, and then I was also like, it "Has to be the perfect date. It has to be angel numbers." <laughs> yeah. Had to be. <laughs> had to be angel numbers. They have to yep. be like, it has to be. Otherwise, like I was coming up with all the excuses yeah. to not launch yep. because I was so scared. And it was comfortable to not be seen. Yes. It's safer that yeah. way. Yeah. I'm like, I just like. You live there. I was like, no one no one cares anyway, so who cares, right? I just, I had, I had, I wanted to almost be forgotten because I felt like if I make too much of a splash and I flop, people will know that I was a failure. And that was my biggest fear. Mm. That was my biggest fear. And I didn't realize then that I was just playing small. I didn't realize that I was actually holding myself back. I didn't realize that there were actually our women who just needed to hear me say something the way that I was saying it in a very simple way. And I thought it was too simple. I was like, this is some basic ass shit. I'm like, my episodes are 10 minutes long. And that ends up being the thing that people love the most. And then I started getting people reaching out like, hey, can I work with you? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> me? I'm just, I just have this little podcast here. I'm just, you know. Not little old me. It's just not, not little old me. You know what I'm talking to me? And I'm like, oh, wait. So I'm actually reaching people that would have never found me before. Yeah. Would have never known if I would have just like stayed posting random stupid shit on Instagram or on Facebook. And again, playing small. These women would have never found me. And so then I keep going, and I keep getting more momentum, and I keep getting more downloads. And I, I would log into Libsyn, and I would get my, um, my chartable yeah. weekly, and I'd be like, and it would always go up. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. And then I start charting on the Apple, and I was like, <gasps> wait a minute, Apple Podcasts. Yes. I'm charting on this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm doing this. I was like, oh, shit. And, and then it's like, it's almost like, I had to just like really go out there on fear and just like on faith. And it's almost like that thing like you jump and eventually like the parachute will will open up when it's time. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to fucking take that leap and and not know what it looks like. You don't know what it's you don't know what's going to happen, but I was like, "All right, I'm going to do this." And the more people kept reaching out to me. I was like, "Wait. I'm on to something here." And I would get these, people would send me Instagram. I would, get, I would be scared to look in my, you know that hidden box in Instagram? I would never check it because I used to get like random dick pics from like losers. 
right? And I was like, Mm-mm, I'm not checking that hidden box, yeah. right? I was like, no. So then one day I, I just happened to look at it, and they were actually listeners. They're like, hey, I just found your podcast. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I, I was like, you know what? It's time to start coaching. And mm. so I finally started making, uh, I started offering coaching. And here I am now, a year and a half into when I, when I relaunched the podcast. Here we are, and I have had clients in Australia, Dubai, London, all over the United States. They become like my best friends. Like, wow. I, like I, I learned how to just like, I learned how to connect with people at their level, where they exactly where they were. Because before, when I had the other show, it was too up here. It was too cerebral. Yeah. And people, they don't, they don't understand, right? Like, I want to think of, like, think about me, even as, even as smart as I am and as educated, and I've gotten all these certifications, and I went to college and all these things. But if, before I got there, if someone's talking to me about these big words and all this shit, I'm like, what? Mm-mm, tune out. But when I broke it down to, like, look, you want to lose weight? Don't eat when you're not fucking hungry. Stop eating before you've you stuffed your face. Drink your goddamn water. Go to sleep and move your goddamn body and do some strength training. That's really all it takes. And when I really broke it down like that, with all the cussing and all my shenanigans and the way that I'm just like, look, bitch. <laughs> That's what you gotta do. It doesn't belong in your VIP right. section. <laughs> if this is your VIP and you cannot allow riffraff in there. And once I started really just like finding my voice that I had lost, Years ago, when I thought, no one cares, no one cares what I had to say, that's when I was like, oh my God, this is some powerful shit. And that's also when I realized that I've been through hell, but it was to get me here. Because Mm -hmm. there is a woman who's also in the midst of some shit, whether it's grief, whether it's a heartbreak, whether it's whatever, and she just needs to know, don't give up. Just keep going, and you're not alone. And so in the midst of all of that, I also, I was like, one more certification, just one more, <laughs> life coaching. And I wanted to be, a, I, I, I'd been listening to Brooke Castillo from the Life mm-hmm. Coach School for about three years, because she has this very popular podcast. And I was like, oh, this woman is smart. But I'm like, mm, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if that's, so, so I kept putting it off. I was like, I, I mean, I already have this certification and that one. But in November of last year, I said, there's something missing here with my thoughts. Because it all kind of happened around the time when I had, I was, I was dating the, this guy who, um, he, was, he was fine. He was, he was a nice guy. But he had, one day we were just kind of, you know, talking about like, what's next? I'm like, what are we doing? We've been dating for like six months. Like. Are we going to, like, I don't know. What is this? What are we doing? And this man had the audacity to look me in my face and say, you know, I think you're, you're an amazing woman and you're, like, everything on paper, everything I've been looking for. But I want to have more kids and, like, you're too old. I was like, what? It's like, yeah, women over 35 shouldn't have children because they're high risk. Or doctors now. Right. I'm like, oh, oh. I thought you worked for the fucking Pentagon, motherfucker. So when did you get your OBGYN <laughs> degree? And the thing is, I, I'd never been told anything like this. I'd never, like, 
I'd never had a person tell me like, oh, you're old. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, wait, what? So so we've been doing this for six months and you've known my age since day one. And now it's an issue. So you just wasted my time. And now I'm internalizing this. Right. Because now I'm like, maybe I am too old. Maybe maybe no one's going to want me, actually, because and he was he also happened to be like, you know, Kevin Samuels. Mm. He was he was one of the, he listened to him a lot. I didn't know this at the time. I didn't even know who that motherfucker was. So I'm like, so then he's like, well, according to Kevin Samuels, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what? He's like, women over 35, you know, they start declining. I'm like, I've never felt better. Literally. I've never been healthier. What's declining over here? Because I take care of myself. Right. I'm like, what? But again, I, I was still believing the thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I was believing that someone else could make me feel something and that he could make me feel insecure and make me feel like I was too old because he didn't see my value. So I thought because he didn't see my value, I was worthless. And he actually wasn't necessarily an asshole because I've dated lots of assholes, but he was a nice guy. Yeah. Right? So it's a nice guy telling me, no, oh, you're just too old. And me taking that in and thinking, oh, my God, maybe I am. So I'm in a hot mess of a situation. My heart is broken. I'm going through all these things. And I, and I hear an episode of Brick Castillo, and I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to do this life coach school thing. Just add one more certification. Why not? I'm like a, a certification whore at this point. I was like, you are a brick builder. <laughs> you are a brick builder. You're yeah. like, you will not hurt me. I will build this wall right here. Yes. You, won't, like, get, I'm gonna get you won't get past this. One more certification. <laughs> and then I started that journey. It was a six-month journey. It was the most transformational thing. Because when I learned your thoughts create your feelings and your thoughts create your life results, I was like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. What? You mean what other people say and think about me don't create my feelings or my results? You mean I, I can choose to think thoughts that empower me? Hmm. I was like, that's, that's interesting. That's so fascinating. Never thought of it that way. And then... I, I was I was getting coached, and because um, I hired a life coach in the in the processes, I was like, well, I need to get my life together before I try to help other people. And I was talking, I was like, you know, and this, and I'm just like droning on and on and on about whatever the fuck. And she says, she paused me. She was like, why, why are you choosing suffering? I was like, because it's all I've ever known. That's all you've ever known. And I'm comfortable. Your map is victimization. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm comfortable there. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable to be there because I've suffered my entire life. Yep. And when she brought, it was like a light bulb turned on mm-hmm. in my head. I was like, oh, shit. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to suffer anymore. I literally have been choosing suffering my whole life and missing out on all of these things because I was allowing all of the external things to validate me or invalidate me. And once that all, like once that clicked for me, it was game over. I was like, oh, fuck all 'all." (laughs) y'all. Uh-uh. I was like, I'm no. actually in control. Yeah, I was in like, fact. no, no, no. no. We're <laughs> not, what, what we're not gonna do is me let you continue to make me feel anything because you can't make me feel shit. It is what I choose 
to think about whatever it is. Those words, those are just words. Yeah. And then I went back to that situation with those words that he said. I just think you're too old. Women over 35 shouldn't have kids. I'm like, oh, that's your opinion. Mm-hmm. And you're wrong. And fuck you. <laughs> and then I started to look back at all of the other people, not just re- like romantic relationships, but just in general, all the people that have told us things that we have put on and like internalized. Worn his armor. Yes, and now it's like that's that's a part of me, right? People, the judgments that people get, the 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 labels that we get, yep. and we internalize them because we don't realize that we're giving them this control. Mm-hmm. We don't realize that people just say words. Most people are broken anyway. So your opinion of me really doesn't fucking matter because you got your own shit. Right. And once I started to like really, it was just like the seas parted for me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And when I finally made that decision, that's actually when like the clients started coming. Yeah. That is actually when like it was like my energy got lighter. You attracted what you valued in yourself. Yes. Yes. You attracted differently. Yes. Because you saw yourself differently. Mm-hmm. You weren't a victim anymore. I wasn't a victim so anymore. So you weren't attracting people that were suffering. Right. Like you were. Yes. We wear our suffering and we don't see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so we attract more of that. Mm-hmm. It's like the, what do they say? We attract the, um, it's like the people. The frequency. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. now you attract different. Now I attract different. And in the midst of all of that, as I was kind of in, like, in the beginning stages of life coach school and kind of like learning all of these things, I very quickly got into another fucked up relationship <laughs> right because i was these still, patterns are unbreakable oh these patterns it's like it was just like oh oh really oh you haven't learned this okay let me give you another one let yep. me let me show you in a different right way back to back. right so and so i run I, it back i was coming into, <laughs> so i came into this with the baggage of oh my gosh i'm too old no one's gonna want me and so what do i attract a fucking narcissist oh lovely that love bombed the hell out of me mm-hmm. and told me all the things that the other guy didn't, didn't. tell me correct Right, so then I was like, "Oh, he's validating me. Oh, he sees my worth. Yeah. Oh my God, he thinks I'm beautiful. He doesn't." I was like, "Do you think I'm too old?" He's like, "I don't care how old you are." I was like, "Oh my God, this is it. I found my guy." Nope. No, nope. he was just love bombing me. But again, I was so attached to the validation of somebody else that when he decided, you know what, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. It was so abrupt, and it came out of nowhere. And I was like, "Wait, what? What? Wait, what?" I thought you said I was wonderful. I thought you said I was beautiful. I thought you said you didn't think I was too old. What was wrong with me? Once again. So this is, again, I, this is in the beginning of me going through the life coach school. So I'm still learning the thought, feeling, the model. I'm like, ah, I'm still trying to put it all together. Yeah. Right? This is, this is before I had I'm not the, implementing yet. Yeah, I'm I, just I was, learning. I was just learning. <laughs> I had not implemented the shit I was learning in. I had not had that breakthrough moment with my life coach. And so it happened all over again. And I found myself going right back into that cycle of beating myself up. No one's ever going to want me. Maybe I am too old. Maybe these, like all of these things. So I just kept repeating and repeating and repeating. And the thing is, you will continue to repeat the same pattern until you're, until you decide. Correct. It's not what other people decide that it's time for you to stop choosing suffering. It's when you decide, right? So that was kind of part, that's probably what I was talking about with my life coach at the time when I was, she was like, why do you keep choosing suffering? And I was like, oh my God. Because I was going, once again, going into And then I'm like, oh, well, relationships aren't for me. And maybe it's just me. And again, it's me, 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 me. It's like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Instead of understanding that ain't shit wrong with me. It's just he wasn't my person. 
he had no business being in VIP. And in this case, it was a, a, the VIP rope was a little bit, <laughs> a little bit lower than the Bottom stomach. Bottom half. Just go down a little bit more. Focal points. <laughs> <laughs> but this time, right, I was like, wait, no, 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 no. It's, it's not me. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying any of that. But he was the problem. But he was reflecting to me what the, was going the on The unhealed parts mm-hmm. of me. What was going on inside. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So once I realized that, I was like, I just need to focus on me, my healing, none of this dating, none of this bullshit, none of these online apps, none of this, any of that. I need to focus on myself. And I cannot do any of this stuff that's triggering me. It's, again, it's what I always talk about. Clean up your environment. If something triggers you, get it the fuck up out of here until you are prepared, until you are mentally strong enough. To deal with it again. Until you're mentally strong enough to not let it trigger you. Correct. And then, like I say with food, the cupcakes, the donuts, the cookies, the, the bread, all of that can, can be right in front of you and you're like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's the same thing with, with anything, with relationships, with men. And one of my best friends, she told me, she was like, men are a huge distraction for you, Eva. Mm. They're a huge sack. And, and as long as they are, I think it would serve you to just focus on yourself. And I remember she had to tell me that a few times because I wasn't ready to, to receive it yeah. in the midst of it. But it was so true because they, he was a trigger. These men were a trigger for me. Now. Because you were looking for a love you couldn't give I yourself. Exactly the love I couldn't give myself. If you've never read the book, Welcome Home. Mm-hmm. It blew me when she said, they're undoing the part of us that becomes obsessed with why is it so okay for someone we love to effortlessly live without us? Mm-hmm. How is it so okay for someone we love to just effortlessly move on and live their life and be so okay without mm-hmm. us when we're not? Yeah. Not realizing that we're not actually upset that they're okay. We're upset that we can't love ourselves in that way. Yeah. And, like, when you can get to the place of understanding that, like, that feeling seen by that person is literally the insurmountable desire to see mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I just want to love me that much yes. that I don't care about your love. Yeah. That I don't need your validation. Yeah. If it's there, great. Yeah. I'll embrace it with open mm-hmm. arms. If it's not, more for me. Mm-hmm. But until you get there, what you end up doing, if you're anything like me, is is no, no, no. It's wait, wait, wait. Let me show you. I can, I can, yeah. I, I can. I'm well, worthy. How, how do you need me to be? I'm worthy. Let I'm me being show exclusive you. to. Yes, I'll show you for sure. I'm like, yep. let me show you. I can. Oh, I'm, I'm too emotional. I'll stop. Yes. Oh, you don't like when I, I, I won't do it anymore. Yeah. When I, I, I ask you where you're at, I'm too insecure. Okay, I'll stop. I won't, I won't ask you anymore. Mm-hmm. I won't, I won't, I won't have boundaries and expectations and any of that, just so that you can see me and choose me and love me. Yes. Fuck that. No, but it's but that's what we because also because we are chameleons. Yes, we just that shape is, shift. That's how and we are conditioned into whatever get you need where you me fit to in, be. Get in where yep. you fit in, right? And we are so used to that. And the other part of it, which I, I I often talk to my friends about this, is I grew up in a very traditional Latino household. Oh yeah, very very traditional. You be the woman that your man needs you to be. Yes. Yep. You better know how to cook. You better yep. know how to clean. And and you know what? If he cheats on you. Eh, all men do that. Yep. It's so, normal. Just, you know, turn look the other way. It's better to have someone than have no one. Mm. And even though my parents were, they, 
they were till death do us part. They were married for 40 years. And my dad is actually an amazing man. But he was very traditional, macho, machista, very yep. much like, shut the fuck up when men are talking. Yep. Very much that yep. energy. Maybe not the words, but the energy. And I would watch my mom cower and, and mute herself mm. just, for, just to have peace in the home. To have peace, yep. So I learned that. So I would allow these men to come in and out of my life, and then I'm like, who do I need to be for him? Who do I need to be for him? Yeah. Who do I need to be for him to like me, love me, accept me, be faithful to me? Yeah. Right? Instead of getting myself to that place where it's like, I have to love myself enough to not tolerate disrespect like that. To not need to change. No. To not need to fold. To know immediately walking into something, I know who I am. Mm -hmm. Do we pair well? Yeah. Not a like, how do I need to adjust accordingly to meet mm -hmm. your needs? Mm -hmm. Like, do are there changes and adjustments? Sure. Yeah. But like, I know who I am walking into this mm -hmm. and whether or not this molds or not. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I'm out. Right. And that's a love that a lot of women can't like. I think we're all on a journey mm -hmm. to find. Mm -hmm. It's different. Yes. Because the thing is, if you don't know how to love yourself and if you don't know how to protect your heart with with healthy boundaries not I mean, not a wall right because i did have a fortress around it for a while <laughs> an expensive fort yes <laughs> it's like no you you must climb and go through guards and all of that and then so i went from one extreme to another i had a fortress around me and then i was like no i want to be i want to find love i want to want to be open i want to be open and i let all those walls down and that's when i let all of the riffraff in yep into the vip section <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a whole line of folks sitting there yes. that, that didn't belong that did not belong you did not <laughs> Pay to get here. And once, so when you don't have that self love enough to say, uh, no, 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 well, we're not doing that. This I'm, doesn't I'm, align with I, me. This is not And what's so interesting is I just had this conversation with, my, with one of my other best friends, and I said, you know, what the last one said to me was, you know, I just don't like your personality. We're just not aligned. And again, I was like, wait, 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 wait. It's only been like seven weeks. What are you talking about? You haven't even got to know me yet. Yeah. Like I was really like, no, 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 wait, wait. Just just give it a second. I can be different. Yes, I can I can be different. I can I can be like I'm fun, right? I'm laid back. Right. And when he said that, I was like, what the fuck? Again, internalizing it. What I know now is the reason why we're not aligned is because we're not on the same vibration. Right? You were on some fuck shit. <laughs> and Lack I'm, of better words. I'm over here trying to, you know, just like with my heart in the right place, trying to be open to something, trying to get to know someone, trying you know, trying to do all these things, you're right, we're not aligned. Because I'm not a piece of shit. What a gift. Lucky me. Mm -hmm. And he thought he was the prize. And he thought he was letting me know, oh, we're not, I don't, I don't, just don't like, you're too emotional. Okay. Now I know that it wasn't me. He's right, we were not aligned. But in that moment, I was like, here we go again. I'm never enough. Never enough. Why can't I ever be good enough for anybody? Mm. And it's, it wasn't until, and so in that moment, as that was going on, it was earlier this year, I had a therapist, I, I fired her, because she wasn't helping me. Right. right, it's like my life coach was helping me more than my therapist. Now, I'm not saying therapy is, because I have a new one now and she's amazing, but some therapists just don't know how to help you, right? Mm -hmm. And if they're not trauma-informed, if they don't know, it's like some of them this will try. This is coming from a very deep place. Yes. 
and, and you can hear me, mm-hmm. and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And while I need to vent, I need you to help me find a solution. Yes. yes. I need you to help me pull this out. I always say it's like a filing cabinet. Mm-hmm. I need you to find it. The therapist finds it. Yeah. You're like, this is great. Study this when you get home. Yeah. Let me know how you feel. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's other types of trauma-informed therapy where they like file through and they're like, this is it. Oh, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Oh, ooh. Let's go there. That's a 10. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go there. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to live there for a little bit, and then we're going to shred it. Yeah. And then we're going to rewrite it. Yes. And then we're going to put it back in the file, uh-huh. and we're going to refile it. Yeah. And then so then the next time you talk about it, you see and feel it differently. Yes. That's a different level exactly. of therapy that people cannot explain. No, because the the t- traditional talk therapy is like every week we sit down, what happened this week? Let me tell you, this is what happened. Okay. All right, bye. Our hour's over. Mm-hmm. Next week. Not what happened pay- this week? This not you paying for a glorified week. friend. Right. Sorry. I'm like, listen, <laughs> this is what I always say. I can talk to myself for free. I do that shit all day long. So I don't need to pay you to just listen to me vent all day. I need you to help me. And it's the same with coaching, right? With any coaching relationship. Your coach needs to help guide you out of your shit. Out of it. Let's not I'm stay always there. like, a therapist is not for me if they're not saying, mm-hmm. I don't want you here yeah. for a long time. Yes. What is the thing? And let's move. Right. If there's more, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But my goal is not to keep you here. Yeah. That yeah. Does, doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve me. Exactly. Let's let's make a move. Exactly. And it was par- part of that as well. It, and I'm glad for that experience, too, because what I was also learning as I was building my own coaching work and at my own like my own programs, what I realized was whenever someone comes to me with a problem, I'm going to help guide them to their solution and I'm going to give them all the tools that they need mm-hmm. so that they can then fly away. Mm-hmm. So that my butterflies can fly away. See you, bye. Bye. <laughs> yes. Right? I don't need you to stay with me for the next five years. No. If that's the case, I'm not doing my job. I don't need you to put me on a pedestal. Mm-mm. I don't need you to keep coming Mm-mm. back. Mm-mm. No, I want you to be so good when we're done. Yes. That I I hardly hear from you. Yeah. I want you to be so well. Yes. That I hardly hear from you. Yes. And I and it, and I needed that's why I needed to go through that with that therapist to make me a better coach, mm. to make me a better life coach, to make me a better weight loss coach. Because when my clients come to me, I tell them, listen, it might take you three months, it might take you six months, it might take you an entire year. It depends on how much weight you have to lose and how much work you put into this. Yeah. I have had clients lose three in three months lose thirty pounds, and I have had clients in three months lose ten pounds. Right. Right. So that means, are we going to keep going? Do we stop? What do we do? But Everyone's everyone's journey is very different, but I never want anyone to feel codependent with me, right? I'm just the tool. I'm just your guide, but we don't have to be together forever. That's not what this is about. And some coaches, I believe, will kind of get you kind of kind of get you in a hook, and it's oh, just yeah. like, oh, you got to keep coming back to oh, me if game. you want more. Yep. I don't. I don't need your money that bad. I want you to. I, I want you to heal, and I want you to reach your goals, and I will help you. And if I can, I'll let you know before we even start. But at the end of our container, however long it is, you will leave better than you came in. And that's how I know I'm a good coach. Not making sure that oh we're just gonna keep we're just gonna keep recycling the same shit over and over. We're gonna keep talking about your dusty ex boyfriend, your fucked up co parenting situation. Um, your mama was mean to you when you were five. We're just gonna keep living through that. No, that's not helping us. And that's again choosing suffering. But I had to go through all of this shit, and I'm so glad that it's not for not in vain. It wasn't in vain. None of it was in vain. While I was going through it, I was like, God damn it. Why? Why me? Why do I have to go through so much pain? Why do I have to? I see other people. They're happy. They're successful. 
why can't I be happy and successful? And I used to think it's because I didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. I just look at my whole life. Yeah. I'm not worthy. No one cares. No one listens. No one pays attention when Eva speaks. And once I really started, so all of that, right, when I was, when I was able to look at all of the shit that I've been through, and now I, I start using that, I'm like, okay, don't make the same mistakes I made. How can I teach this in a way that's super simple? How can I teach this in a way that you can implement it right away? Not later on, not like, you gotta listen to me, you gotta work with me for six months and then you'll get your breakthrough. No, what can we, like every time I open my fucking mouth to record an episode, every time that I work with a client, I want them to be like, damn, that was good. And I want them to then go implement that shit. So I give my, I'm like, this is what I need you to do this week. Do it, if you do it, it'll work. If you don't do it, you're the it's you it's up to you. Right? right? But I don't I don't ever want to be that fluffy person, that fluffy coach that's just always talking about like cloud shit and shit that's like ethereal and like oh believe, believe, believe. Yeah, it's like all this shit. It's like I can't I can't grasp it. No. Tangible, doable shit. This is what you gotta do. Do it now. All right, go by. Let me know how it works for you. You need help? I got you. But that's that turned into that's that's how I started finding my voice. And that's how I started finding my people. Actually, they find me. Mm. This is the beautiful part. Mm. Because all of my clients have come through in this podcast. They have the first question I ask them on a consult is, How'd you find me? And they're like, Oh, I was on Spotify. I don't know. Your podcast popped up. And I was like, Hmm, interesting. In the past, before I was doing this, before I had the pod- this new podcast, before I had this, this level of just like peace and confidence around how I know I can help people. It felt very, it was, it was a different energy. And that's why I wasn't able to attract mm. the type of people that I wanted to work with. Now I'm able to, sometimes people are like, I want to work with you. And I do a consult and I'm like, I, we're not a fit. Not because anything's wrong with you, just because I know the type of people that I work with. And the I've seen enough success to know if you don't know your why. If you're wishy-washy, if you can't make up your goddamn mind. If you're like, oh, let me think about it. Let me talk to my husband. Let me, you're not ready. And if you're not ready, maybe when you come back, I'll, I'll have a spot. Maybe I won't, but I can't. I, it's not my job to convince you right. to up-level your life. You have to be ready. And if you're ready, I got you. But if you're not ready, I'm not going to convince you. I have finally stopped being in that convincing energy. I have tried most of my adult life to convince people to see me, to love me, to accept me, to validate me. Once I stop doing that, it's like it's like I can see clearly. It's just like all of the fog just goes goes away once you get to that place. But it took me all of these years and all of these obstacles to be so confident in myself. All the flaws, all the everything, I'm okay with it now because I know that I will never go back to being that insecure girl mm. who needs a man to tell her she's beautiful, who needs a man to tell her that she's worthy. And who will crumble when a man tells her, oh, I just don't like how emotional you are. Or I just think you're too old. You know, or anything in between. And oftentimes we've, we, we're, looking for, we're looking for this love that we will never get until we love ourselves. We'll never get there. I was going to say, I hope at the beginning of this episode you were talking about how you thought your voice through singing was going to transform lives. And it's your voice through podcasting this transforming lives. But I even think listening to you now, it's like the love you were seeking for a lifetime externally mm-hmm. was a journey of finding the love within. Yes. And now 
you're helping, you're using your voice as a tool, Mm -hmm. but you're helping women find the love they're seeking Mm -hmm. externally. Yes. Within themselves. Within themselves. Yeah. Because you're doing so much more than uncomplicating weight loss. Mm -hmm. You are literally helping people lift the veil, Mm -hmm. find the trauma, and coach themselves to a place where they love themselves enough that they don't need the external validation. It's mm-hmm. literally within. So then the weight loss becomes effortless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as you know, because we were talking earlier, once you let go of all that emotional shit that you're holding on to, the emotional weight, the physical one, it just, it's, it effort, it's literally, effortless. it's almost magical. Yep. People are like, what the fuck? It's unreal. Yes. It's like, wait, 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 wait. I've been struggling for years Doing and everything. I did all the things. I'm like, yeah, but you know what you didn't do? Process your feelings and emotions. You were mm-hmm. hiding, probably hiding from them, avoiding them, resisting them, right? So they're just going to keep popping up. It's like, oh, you don't want to deal with me? I'm just going to, you know, just going to go into Park the, myself, park in, myself your, in your thighs. In your lower stomach. Yes. Correct. Or your, be- your pooch. Yep. Let's just, I'm just, I'm just going to live there because yep. it's comfortable. You know, it's just there, right? Yep. That's what it does. It just, it, it's not going to go away. And that's why what I love with my client transformations is they come to me scared and, and I don't know and all these things and then they it's like I, that's why I call them my butterflies because then they start to evolve and they start to see themselves and then they realize that wait a minute I've been dating this guy and um I don't, I don't really want to be with him no more I don't know I, was, I think I was settling and they start to realize, that's why I always say, you might end up, I tell my clients, I was you, just about to you say might that. end up. You might leave your relationship. <laughs> by week eight of our coaching relationship, you might drop them. I'm just saying, I'm not going to, I'm not saying, <laughs> leave your man. I'm just saying that as you Trigger start, warning. As you start loving yourself, you start to realize, what am I doing? Well, why are we here? Why? Why are we here? And that one of my one of my favorite stories is, one of my clients, I started working with her, and she was telling me, she's like, I've been with him for about two years. And I'm like, tell me about the relationship. She's like, it's, I mean, it's all right. I'm like, but so, like, you love him? She's like, man, he's, he's a nice guy. I'm like, why are you with him? She's like, I, I don't know. So we start, I start just asking questions. Because all I do is ask questions. I'm like, I'm just asking a questions. A good coach but, does. But let's yeah. see. Let's, let's just, let's just, let's just kind of dig into this. And she was like, I'm, I'm, he's a nice guy. I don't want to hurt him. I just kept asking questions. We just kind of kept coming back to it. And about a month later, she was like, so I broke up with him. And, and I'm like, how do you feel? She's like, I feel fine. I feel like a weight has been lifted off of me. I felt like I was just kind of dragging him along with me. But it wasn't until she started to see herself and really started to process through all of these thoughts that she was having, thinking that, like, it's better to be in a relationship with an okay-ish person that I kind of sort of like, but not so much, than to be alone. And I'm like, there's actually nothing wrong with being alone. Sometimes the most growth that we get is when we are alone. Sometimes we can't grow with another person because they're not, you start elevating your wavelength and your frequency, they no longer align with us. They stay. Right? And that's what happens when you're in this coaching container because I'm teaching you how to really look at yourself Mm. and how to really just like, again, it's all intuitive. It's how to tap into your intuition. Because oftentimes we're getting into these relationships for all the wrong reasons. We just don't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. It's just just the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And as we get older, it's that pressure of like, oh, you're still single? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right, And, and so when you really start to do the work and you start to realize that, wait a minute, 
this isn't bringing me joy. Actually, he stresses me out more than he brings me joy. And you start applying the same exact principles that I teach about food. To your relationships. To your relationships. To your choices. Mm-hmm. Every time. And that, and so I, I, I always have this running joke when I first start working with someone and they're like, I have a boyfriend. Or I'm like, you might dump him. Just saying. There's a byproduct here. You might choose peace. You might choose peace. You might choose yourself. Yes. You might realize that you spent a lifetime choosing what other people say, mm-hmm. do, the way in which they validate you before yes. you chose yourself. Yeah. I've heard a lot of stories because it's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this story, you are literally walking in purpose. Mm-hmm. You are literally, I said it at the beginning, we all have a choice. Some of us have a different hell. Mm-hmm. You said a big T versus a little T. Like, mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. Like, we have a different hell. And then we all have a choice. Mm-hmm. And to see that you are taking everything with so much grace and as an opportunity to learn and then gift it to somebody else, you are truly, truly walking in purpose. And you're not singing, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you are using your voice and you are taking every form of expression as a lesson to teach people that the love that we seek is okay and it is normal, but it's not external. Mm-hmm. It's an internal job. It's an inside job. Uncomplicating weight loss and life as an internal job. And I can't think of a better person to do it for you than Eva Rodriguez. So thank you. Thank you for opening yourself up, crying three times. I fucked my makeup up. Fucked all your makeup up. <laughs> oh, my God. But I hope those of you listening, those of you watching, um, I I bet, because I did, I saw myself in this. Mm-hmm. I saw my lowest points. You've had many, and you've found a way to use them you found a way to find out what God, the universe, whatever was seeking, what the invitation was for you to see. And then the ultimate purpose is giving that gift to someone else. Mm-hmm. And so I hope those of you listening got a chance to just really find parts of this interview and parts of your vulnerability and transparency and take something home around this because you really did open up. And I thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for cracking me open. <laughs> thank you so what do you always say how do you rap that's all for today bye for now (laughs) thank you so much for tuning in and trusting that none of this has to be complicated you can have the health the body and the life that you've always desired be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode Find me on Instagram and YouTube at It's Eva Rodriguez so that I can support you on your journey of uncomplicating weight loss and life.